Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie Up, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020, and today we're reading from the big book, chapter 11, and we're on page 161, the second paragraph, but life among alcoholics. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Terry H., for the 12 traditions, Mary G., and reading the text are Sarah M. and Diane B., with Duell in the holding pattern. The reference numbers for Tuesday, June 9th, 2020, are for the 7 a.m., 14,776, that's 14776, and for the 10 a.m., are 14,777, that's 14777. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry H. to read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, Terry. Yeah, it, it doesn't like to do that. Good morning, I'm okay. Terry H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater through the race of God one day at a time from Pensacola, Florida. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked God to remove all of our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such, to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service today. With that, I pass. Thank you, Terry. Okay, well, Mary G., please read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning. This is Mary G. Uh, Compulsive Overeater from Minnesota. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Mary. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 161, the second paragraph, but life among alcoholics. And I will ask Sarah M. to begin reading. Star one, Sarah. A big book, page 161. The life among Alcoholics Anonymous is more than attending gatherings and visiting hospitals, cleaning up old scrapes, helping to settle family differences, explaining the inher- disinherited son to his irate parents, 
lending money, and securing jobs for each other when justified. These are everyday occurrences. No one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially, if he means business. Social distractions, petty rivalries, and jealousies, these are laughed out of countenance. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? I'm, my name is Sarah, um, and I am a, re- a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, when I think about this paragraph, what I think about is um, the first thing that came to mind is the promises. Um, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And um, that is, it's such a powerful uh, message here that, um, and some of the things we don't do anymore. You know, we don't visit hospitals for the most part. Some of us do. But, um, you know, it's more than just my meetings because I was, like, getting really uh, discouraged because, you know, these face-to-face meetings mean so much. And then I'm realizing that the meetings that are held either on the phone or by the Zoom are so so critical um, because that's how I think more people are being reached. Um, And uh, thank you for letting me do service. Thank you. I pass. Okay. Thank you, Sarah M., for getting us started. So we're on the second paragraph on page 161. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you share it on Monday or Tuesday, please do not share again today in order that others might share their experience. Who would like to share? Katie G. Katie G, Harlan G. Judy H, Nessa R. Amy G. Judy H, Nessa R. Reva P. W. Okay, wait one second. Kim G. Beth W. Kim G, just wait one second, please. I think I missed a couple people. Okay, I have... Katie G, Harlan G, Judy R, I think, um, Nessa R, Beth W, Amy G, and Kim G. And I think there was Lydia E. Did I hear uh, Lydia? There you go. Lydia E. Did I miss anyone else? Did I hear Reva P? Yes, Reva P. Okay. I thought I heard you. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine. That's a good long line. So go ahead, please, Katie G, followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Boston. You know, the first thing that comes up is life among our fellowship is more than attending gatherings. I'm going to be honest. When this pandemic first began, people were sending me tons of extra meetings, which is amazing, and I'm so grateful. <clears throat> but, you know, because of the life that God has granted me, I can't go to a ton of extra meetings. And, in fact, this is what it's telling me. Like, life among our fellowship is way more than meetings, and it can be addictive. It's so exciting to be at a meeting and to be hearing this recovery. But as a different part of our book tells me, a more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our homes, occupations, and affairs. It's my job to get off the phone, to carry this message, to be a demonstration in the big book. Um, and then, you know, the, 
the second part of it, it says, no one is just too discredited or sunk too low to be welcome if he means business. Praise God. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I sunk pretty low. I, I've done a lot of things in this fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, and I've done a lot of things outside of the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. But I can't be, I, I'm, I'm always welcomed. I looked up this phrase, though, if he means business, which means to seriously intend to follow through. I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of people who want to sponsor. You know what I've heard a lot lately is I'm willing but. And I want to tell you that a lot of old timers might be chuckling right now because I'm willing but. Those, those three words don't go together. Right? When the food had devastated me enough to the point where I was on my knees begging for a sponsor, I called a woman in whom the problem had been solved, and I said, help me, tell me what to do. And I was done. I was done managing and controlling my program right? Because I don't, I, I don't know what's best. I'm out of ideas. Give up. As one of our members says, give up. Stop fighting. You know, giving up is the best thing we could do, right? And then this third part of the reading, what a breathtaking line that, um, where is it? Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, we are a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, but we're not only united that we have this allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. We are united under a, under a change, a transformation, a solution that happens. Lack of power is my dilemma, and somehow God has come into my heart and mind and given me a 365, or that would be a full circle. He's totally changed me, right? So that I don't care. I don't have a heart and mind attuned to the welfare need of KDG. I want to give to others, and my values are no longer the same as other people. And that's not because I'm a better person. It's because if I put my values on external things and attainment, eating will be a step up. What a miraculous demonstration this program is. Thank you, God, for this beautiful big book. And I'm glad that they wrote it down. I look forward to trudging with all of you another day. Thanks. Thank you, Katie G. Harlan G., you're up. Thank you very much, Katie, for your service, and thank you to everybody for making this magnificent meeting possible. 85 years ago today, this wonderful way of life began in Akron, Ohio, when a New York City stock speculator and a proctologist got together and started a group that would later become Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm so lucky because I would have been dead. And worse than dead, I never would have lived. And when I come to the end of my days, I will have known in my heart that not only did I live, but I had a life that was worth living for a period of time because of all of you. Looking at this paragraph, it is unbelievably screaming out the importance of the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, which I cannot get abstinent on and stay recovered alone on, but it is very, very important because as it states in chapter two, there is a solution. I have a place to go where I can be understood and I can understand. And that is something that not everybody has. I would never tell you that when I was eating and when I was so wrecked in the vessel of the food that I would have thought that being a compulsive overeater would have been one of the blessings of my life. But I tell you today, in, in, in front of God and you, his children, 
being a compulsive overeater is one of the most wonderful things that has ever happened to me. At 4 o'clock in the morning, nothing comes before getting on this meeting. Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning on Sunday, there is nothing that comes before getting on this meeting. Your voices, your stories, your shares, your questions in the second meeting, your reactions to things elevate me and help me, and they lift me up to a place that I never could have gotten to on my own. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people are no longer no longer signify much to them. How could they? Because we have a mission, and our mission is to recover, and our mission is to be of service to each other, and our mission is to say, Here's how I recovered to the still sick and the still suffering. What could be better than that? I'm so lucky and so grateful to the men and women who have walked before me. Some recovered, and unfortunately, many did not. But to those who gave their lives for this program from 85 years ago up to today, I am eternally grateful because my soul would have been crushed by the food. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And we have a job to do to make the next 85 years starting today as magical as the first 85 years. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, Judy, I believe it was R followed by Nessa R. Star one, Judy. Okay, well, maybe I didn't hear Judy. How about Nessa R? Are you ready? Followed by Beth W. Hi, this is this is Nessa R. Sorry, I was um, I was caught off guard. Um, I want to okay. share on the um, hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I heard somebody say, okay. Okay, so um, um, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? To me, as was shared at the beginning of the meeting, this speaks of, of transformation, like an incredible transformation that I, I would have never thought possible without working the um, 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous according to this book in entire abstinence. And I, I, I mean, I want to drill down a little bit into the transformation, starting with the food. You know, when I first started, I thought, how can I live without my bagels and coffee in the morning? How can I live without chocolate? How can I live weighing and measuring every morsel of food that comes into my mouth? And today, all these things are, are a non-issue. Like, they're nowhere in the radar screen. I just, I just do it almost by rote. You know, bagels, coffee, chocolate, cheesecake, all these things don't even call me, don't even appear in my brain, even when people are eating them in front of me. Um, it's not that I don't eat them. is I don't want to eat them. You know, weighing and measuring is just by rote, like, you know, like I'm brushing my teeth. You know, there are things like my weight. I want it to be thin. You know, 
so that I, you know, would get the boys and people would think I'm gorgeous and I get a lot of applause and, and all these things. Now I'm in a normal body and I want my normal body because it's important as, a, as, a, as a, an attraction tool for newcomers, you know, because, you know, the worst, I mean, it happened to me. I came into a room and I saw a woman who was uh, quite obese and always been obese and claimed to be recovered because she was no longer screaming at their, her children. That turned me off. You know, I came here for one reason, and one reason only was to lose weight. Um, you know, that was what first drew me in. So that's why being in, in, a, in a normal body is important to me now. And then moving on to other things like having a big house and lots of money. Um, you know, I still don't have a big house. I still don't have lots of money. My life isn't perfect. My life actually, my circumstances are the same as it was, you know, eight, nine years ago when I first recovered. And it doesn't matter because those are just circumstances and they don't impact my mission in this world, which is to serve God and help others. And then the final thing, the final, um, I guess, the clincher transformation is my outlook on happiness. I wanted to be happy more than anything in, the, in this world, but I thought the happiness came through material things, through things external to me, right? Like the money, the thin body, the, the applause, the, you know, whatever. Um, and it doesn't, you know, like, like, you know, the pursuit of happiness is the biggest obstacle to happiness. You know, like how many relationships did I destroy or at least mold very badly by, by pursuing my happiness? Now I'm focused on helping people, you know, to the point of self-sacrifice, you know, Time, when it's please. convenient, when it's inc- thank you, when it's inconvenient. And this is what's brought me to the happiness that I have today, which is a true happiness dependent on no circumstance outside of me. And that's a huge transformation. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Beth W., you're up, followed by Amy G. Beth W, star one. W, can you hear me now? There you go. Yes, I can. Thanks. I have muted twice. <laughs> um, my name is Beth W. I'm from North Dakota. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm grateful to be in this meeting today. You know, and it's the sentence that I'm noticing is social distinctions, petty rivalries, and jealousies. Um, that was how I lived, and and when I uh, I, I can easily slip back into that when I'm not paying attention to um, my program and recovery, the program and recovery, um, and using the steps as I know they make such a huge difference. I was I was and can be so easily triggered by what other people say or do, and I want what they have. And what's beautiful today. Um, is I don't have to go there. I don't have to live in that moment, in that life. Um, I notice it now. Oh, that's my character defects showing up. I, I, can, I can do a 10-step about that, or I can call my sponsor or, or talk to another fellow about that. I don't have to live in the petty jealousies or rivalries and jealousies, and, which always led me to eat because, oh, well, I would want to eat at people like, okay, so you did that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'll show you, I'll prove it to you that I can, I can do what I want and, and get what I want. And the truth is I never got anything that was, that was good and healthy and positive. 
Um, and it, then it goes on to say, hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others and the things which matter to some people no, matter, no longer signify much to them. You know, those, those uh, as another fellow just shared, you know, the, the house, the car, the, the, the clothing, the whatever, the perfect hair, the manicure. I wanted on the outside to show up as, as somebody that, um, that belonged. And the truth is it was my heart that was breaking. I had nothing to do with my outside appearance. And so I can today, just for today, pay attention to those things that take me away from recovery and, um, and realize that they don't have power anymore. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Beth W. Okay, Amy G. followed by Kim G. Hey, Katie, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Great. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. So I know it, this is a program of principles over personalities, but I just love how Bill is like a wordsmith. He puts together word pictures for me. And what stands out in this paragraph is being wrecked in the same vessel. And this reminds me on page 17 where it talks about, you know, being uh, on page 17 and there's a solution. We are like passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck where camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade from vessel steerage to captain's table. And, and, and here it talks about it doesn't matter about what's going on. How could they? Why does it not matter? Because this is life or death. If you're wrecked in the same vessel as I was, as compulsive overeater, as a compulsive overeater, to me, all of those other things fall aside, but one primary purpose, to recover from compulsive overeating. That is our primary purpose for this fellowship, is to carry the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. And if you mean business, and you come into this room and mean business as a sponsor, I'm going to give you my left arm to help you. All these other things that are going on in, in our lives, what comes first is recovering from a life or death situation. That's what this disease does. It ravages us. It, well, it ravaged me where I wanted to die. And so now I want recovery and I mean business. And as a sponsor, if that's what you want, then that's what I'm going to do. And those other things won't matter because they will all be worked through. So I guess my point is the word pictures are so brilliant. I mean, Bill also talks about um, a foundation, a cornerstone, and an arch which to me are the steps, you know, we're building a building of recovery. And he just pulls it all together in a way that I think is so succinct because we do do this together. Together we can do what we could never do alone. I cannot do this recovery without you. I need the fellowship. I need to work the steps, of course, but I need the fellowship around me to help me, show me the way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Okay, Kim G, it's your turn, followed by Lydia E. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011. Uh, I love this sentence. No one, no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially. Dash, if he means business. You know, I always like to compare the difference between the short form of some of the traditions in the long form. So the short form of tradition three is the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. But the long form 
of that tradition starts out with our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism or compulsive eating. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover. That's a little different. You know, I'm a member of OA because I say I am. But the question is, do I want to recover? You know, I know in, in, in my sponsoring before the big book, basically I would admit I was powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, and then I would try to manage your life. You know, with the chapter working with others, what I was taught is that my job is to guide you through the book. My job is to be detached from the outcome. My job is to know that I am a servant. And also my job is to look for the desperate, the willing, and the defeated. So what does it mean to not mean business? That means not willing to put the food down, not willing to do the work or the assignments your sponsor is giving. You know, I often hear, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to give up. Well, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm imploring you, give up. Give up the food. Give up your old ideas. Give up getting your way. That's what it means to mean business. There's a big difference between the fellowship and working with others. You know, the fellowship, absolutely, we'll speak to everyone. We will support everyone. But when it comes to working with others, when it comes to getting a sponsor, the person needs to mean business. You know, I don't fire people, but I get fired a lot because I'm only working with people that mean business. You know, I remember... Um, one time taking someone through the doctor's opinion and asking, you know, telling them, are they willing to put the food down? And then on Monday, hearing them announce on, on Vision for You that their sponsor fired them that weekend. I apparently fired her because I asked her to put the food down. We cannot recover unless we're willing to do business. I think of that line, well, something, if someone means business, there's nothing I can say wrong to stop them. If they don't mean business, there's nothing I can say right to make them. I think of the line in page 89, perhaps we're not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of compulsive overeaters, but I'm not experienced with a lot of people who want to recover. I know a lot of people who want the pain taken away, but they don't want to do the work. So I implore you and question you this morning, do you mean business? And if so, call someone that is recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Okay, Lydia E., you're up, followed by Reva P. Hi, this is Lydia E. Can I be heard? Yes. Well, one of the things that struck me right away was being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds, attuned to the welfare of others. The things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? Well, I learned very early from a doctor, thank God, that this disease is life or death to me. He looked me straight in the eye and he said to me, these are the foods you can no longer eat. If you eat these, you will die. I have never had anyone say that to me before in my life. And when he said it to me, I thought my life was over. I will never forget it. It was September 11th of last year. And I know this sounds very egotistical, but like the Twin Towers, I thought that was it. I'm done. So when I came to Vision, I had been listening off and on 
for a long time, and I thought to myself, these people know what this is. I am never going to be able to put these foods down the way my doctor wants me to unless I start listening and talking to these people and getting a sponsor through this program. So I was finally wrecked in the same vessel as everybody else. When I did get a sponsor, I meant business, and she meant business. She had me go through the doctor's opinion. We worked on things together. And then finally, at last, I was coming to steps 10, 11, and 12. And I will confess to you, I have struggled with these last few steps. I'm not making excuses. I'm a nurse, and I run 12 to 16 hours a day nonstop. But that does not mean that I get to not do the work that my sponsor gives me. It means that I have to try harder to do the work that my sponsor gives me. Even if I have to set an alarm to go off every couple of hours to try to remember and do a tenth step just to stop and pause. I'm glad that no one can sink too low to be welcomed cordially because that's what she did for me and that's what Vision has done for me. And with that, I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Lydia. Okay, Reba P., you're up, then we'll open it up for more sharers. Good morning. This is Reba P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What a paragraph. Life. Life among Alcoholics Anonymous. I thought I had a food problem. I thought my life was fine. So that's a great reminder that I had a living problem. And how does my life totally transform? First of all, I have the fellowship. I have these gatherings that support me. But that in itself is not enough. Like it says in um, There is a Solution, what do I need in addition to the gatherings I need to mean business. I need to do the steps. Um, And I love the analogy that I was told, and I think I shared this before, that the meetings are like a football huddle. But the whole point of football is to play the game. And what is the game? What, What is the higher purpose to practice these principles in all my affairs as a result of putting the food down and working the steps? So I need to mean business. And how did I get to the point where I meant business? The qualification was being wrecked. I had to be destroyed. I looked up the word wrecked, destroyed, smashed, suffering, like gone, nada. Everything I tried, the more I tried, the worse it got. The more effort, the worse it got. I had to be done, done, done. And then once I'm done and once I'm wrecked, I can use the fellowship, pick up the steps, do the work, get to business, and what happens? I get a whole different mindset. And I love this vision of restored and united. What is my guiding light now? How do I know what to do, what not to do? Um, How do I know what's important? How do I know what matters? Um, Because I think I know what matters. But then, you know, try living in 10, 11, and 12 I thought it mattered like everybody else shared, you know, to look a certain way, get to goal weight, have all the externals. 
Um, but the only way I know what matters to me, I'm not so sure about everybody else, is I have to get connected and access this power that gives, I think, myself and everybody else an individualized mission. And we go out and I go out and I play the game. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do I have to say? Whether it's to a sponsee, to a still suffering um, fellow, to my children, my son, my, 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 my family, my friends. I don't know where I'm, what I'm supposed to do. Um, but I get attuned. It's like tuning an instrument. I get tuned continuously for the rest of my life. And then I go out and I, and I live a totally different life. And with that, I pass. Right on time. Thank you, Reba. Okay, so we're on the uh, second paragraph on page 161, but life among alcoholics. And if you haven't shared uh, this week at all, then we welcome you to uh, share. Who would like to share? Do L. Do L. Star one. I'm sorry, who was that? Cindy C. Cindy C. Okay. Phil M. Sue M. Roz G. Roz G. Okay, well, let's take those four, and then we'll have time for a couple more after that. Okay, we have Do L, Cindy C, Sue M, and Roz G. Please go ahead, Do. Good morning. This is Do L, a recover compulsive overeater from New York. Thank you very much, KDF, for your service. Um, so it says here that, um, you know, that there's help that, should be given to the person, right? Cleaning up those scrapes, helping settle family differences, lending money, securing jobs. And here's the key, when justified. And then it says no one should be too discredited and has sunk low to be welcomed cordially. And here, here's the key again, if he means business. So what I see from these paragraphs is their conditions. Their conditions to helping a person. And then on page 98, it tells us it is not a matter of giving that in question, but it's when and how to give, right? So if the person that we're helping, the minute they put the, uh, our work on the service plane and the alcoholic commenced to rely on our assistance rather than upon God, and he clamors that for this or that, claiming that he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for, they're saying that's nonsense. Because the whole, the whole point of this program, it says, is that, you know, being wrecked from the same vessel, we all have the same illness, right? Uh, obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body, right? So, so it says being restored and being united under one God. That is our main job. Our main job is if we simply do not stop drinking. So as long as we place dependence upon other people rather than God, that is the problem. So what is the solution? Page 100 says, both you and the new man must walk day by day on the path of spiritual progress. 
And if you persist, all remarkable things happen. And that's what they're talking about here. They're talking about when you make that connection with that higher power, you know, God's hands is going to have something better than anything you could ever plan for, anything that you could ever thought of, and your life becomes manageable, you know, after doing this for a while, right? But first, we need to connect to the solution. It can't be on people. It can't be even on this meeting. It can't be, you know, thinking that the steps get you to that power greater than yourself. But if you think that the steps are going to be the solution, then you miss the point. Because all of this work that we're doing is to get you to connect to something that gives you the power to carry on in your life in a way that you couldn't do it before because of your addiction. And so I see that in this paragraph that you know, how can we do this? We do this together. We do this one day at a time, but we need to move towards that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Du, L, and Cindy C, you're out, followed by Sue M. Cindy C, star one to unmute. Hi. So this paragraph makes me think about um, something that I heard, working the promises and hoping that the steps will come true. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of work that we have to do here. And, and it says it's more than attending gatherings and visiting hospitals. So I think about, um, you know, we can't stay clean on somebody else's shower. Sitting next to somebody in a recovery group that's working the steps is not going to help us recover. You know, we need to do this work ourselves first and foremost, and then certainly working with others, working with others and thinking about others and not about ourselves is really important um, as long as they mean business. And I know for me as a sponsor, I get caught up with people that want to talk to me but not necessarily do the work. And um, that doesn't help anybody, you know. So um, we just have to keep doing the work and listening to each other to make sure that we all stay on track um, and restored and united under one God. As long as God's in charge, we couldn't possibly be doing any of this wrong. Um, and until we get abstinent, we can't even start. That's another thing that I, I get caught up in with with my sponsees is I, I assume that they're abstinent and not necessarily. Sometimes I have to ask. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Cindy C. Sue M, you're up, followed by Roz G. Hello. Uh, my name is Phil M. And the way I saw Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Philomena, I'm sorry. Don't worry, Kitty. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I'm looking forward to being able to say recovered, um, but working there and four months abstinent, one day at a time, uh, thankfully. So uh, the passage uh, says, united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. So we have one God, and but so many features and faces. And finding that love inside me and inside others and growing in that love and compassion is just so special. Um, and it affects every area of my life. Today I picked up a journal and I found that, to my surprise, uh, to the very day I had entered in the journal on the 9th of June 2013, 
uh, where I had made a huge faux pas with my group. And uh, it took me ages, months, maybe even a year to, to acknowledge my part in it um, and to realize that I had actually gone away from, from the voice inside, which was my higher power telling me not to do something. Yesterday, I found myself in the same position because I'd done the same thing. I had ignored God's voice. I, there was disquiet, and if in doubt, don't. But I carried on, made a mistake, made the faux pas with my home group. Uh, but yesterday was different. I was able to recognize my part in it, to make the apology, deal with it in step 10. And I had access to that comfort of my higher power. It wasn't food that comforted me. I was told to be still and I was still and I felt my HP telling me that I'm okay, I'm all right, I'm loved. And I was able then to turn my mind to someone else to get out of myself. Because I make a mistake, it doesn't mean I am a mistake. That's today's reading. Um, so my God adores me and I long for others to feel that total acceptance and love and forgiveness from their higher power. It's an amazing program. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Phil, M, and Roz G. You're up, and then we'll have time for a few more. Good morning. My name is Roz G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California, and my abstinence date is um, July the 10th of 2019. Um, as I heard in the first share this morning, um, Oh, Overeaters Anonymous, especially Vision for You, and the past work over the past year uh, has given me my personality back. Okay, um, this 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 these te- these twelve steps have given me my life back because I took the work I meant business with this with my current sponsor. And I've been, and I've always meant business, I believe, but really, I really meant business with this particular sponsor that I have now. And, you know, I had to get very serious about looking at jealousy, envy, and pride. And I had to get serious, like what the first share said, it's like, if if um if i I could spend with Zoom, I could spend every day all day on meetings, and my purpose is is not to do that. Yes, my primary purpose is to be of service to maxim to God and to the fellows around me, and that doesn't mean sitting on Zoom all day. I have a job, I have a family, I have an aging parent, I am a member of the community but if i'm in the food and if i'm too busy being jealous of people and being angry at god for not getting what i want then i have no purpose whatsoever and so you know i have i have my i don't live the hollywood storefront the death of false self happened to me and i have my personality and who i am and uh i felt kind of kind of bad yesterday in the morning really awful and i made a call to a person in this in this fellowship and this person i said can i please call you i you know it was text message i'm feeling kind of anxious can i call you immediately the person said yes and we were on the phone talking and this person 
lifted me so much and I felt better the rest of the day because we've been on that boat. We're in that boat. We're in the lifeboat together and we don't have a lot in common, yet we do. And so I'm here on this earth, not just a member of Overeaters Anonymous, but as a human being and as a person who lives in society and who wants to practice these principles in all my affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roz. And so we have seven minutes left, so we could have um, two three-minute shares or three two-minute shares. Who else would like to share on the uh, page 161, the second paragraph? Lisa B. Robin B. Lisa B. Lisa B. And was it Robin G.? Yes. Okay, and I heard someone else, but it was very broken up. Okay, well, let's go with those two then. Lisa B. followed by Robin G. Go ahead, Lisa. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's here. Um, I wanted to share my experience on this reading, more of the feeling, you know, that I get from this reading which is so much promise and optimism and hope, and that's what I wanted, you know. And like everyone has been sharing, that there's so much work. There is work involved to get this, and we often hear on this line, you know, freedom is not free, and, you know, how free do you want to be? And I get calls from people, or I make outreach calls to newcomers, and I often get the question, you know, I want to be willing. You know, I want to be willing. What do I need to need to do to be willing? How do I get to be willing? And what I'm going to share is not from my great intelligence. It is from what I have heard on this line and what I have learned and found as my own experience. And one of the things I heard on this line that is so powerful is that willingness is overrated and that if I continue to wait for willingness, it may never come. That willingness comes through taking the action And that was amazing for me to hear that. And then the other thing that I've heard on this line, I heard it a few weeks ago. I may have heard it before, but I really heard it for a few weeks ago. And, you know, we hear that this is chronic, progressive, it's fatal. But someone said a few weeks ago, it's also just more of the same. And that's what was so upsetting and scary for me when I came to this OA meeting, A Vision for You, And I heard recovered voices, and that was the key for me. I needed to hear recovered voices. I couldn't just hear people that were sick like me. I needed to hear people who the problem has been solved and could share how they did it. And, you know, it was more of the same that was frightening for me. I realized that I could live to be 100 years old and never get recovered, still be a functioning person, but just dead inside. You know, and that's what was so frightening for me. Sometimes we wait for it to get worse, that maybe that will motivate us, but it never worked for me. So, and the other thing, too, that I've been becoming aware of and sharing and working with newcomers is when we pick up and relapse, it's so frightening because we don't burst into flames. We don't evaporate into air. We're still here. And I just don't want to ever go back to that more of the same, that living in the middle of the road solution. So I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa with the EB. Okay, Robin G, it's your turn, and then we'll probably be done. So 
Go ahead, Robin. Hi, this is Robin P. in Vero Beach, Florida, and I'm very, very grateful for covered either. And thanks so much for your service, and thanks so much for this meeting and all the voices. I'm just so grateful. Um, you know, I was thinking about how I'm in the fellowship, you know, I was drowning out there in the water, and now I'm in this fellowship, you know, and as long as I stay in the boat and I keep surrendering my life to God, to God's care, not to his abuse, not to anything that I grew up with, but God's care, and that I just pray only for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out, and I live my life in the steps. I can stay in this fellowship and be of service to God and my fellows, and otherwise, I'm out there drowning. And, um, you know, when I'm, the, this, I just always, when I work with a sponsee, I always say, are you willing to go to any lengths to recover? Because that's what my sponsor asked me. And, and I ask people to pray about it and let me know the next day. And we can just, you know, have a conversation. And I've, a bunch of people have said, no, I prayed about it. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to go to any lengths yet. And I always think, darn I just really pray for you. Just go hit bottom. You know, just go get it over with. And um, then just call me when you're ready. And I appreciate people's honesty when that happens, but I also feel really sad because I think it is just the faith plus works, you know, and faith without works is dead. And faith plus works works, you know. So anyway, I'm really grateful for this meeting I just love hearing everybody. It's such a gift. And it, it's real nourishment. You know, it always filled me. The food, no matter how much food I had, it never filled me. It always just felt empty because there wasn't enough food. And this is real nourishment for me. So God bless everybody. It was a very abstinent, blessed day. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Robin. I think it was P as in Paul or T as in Tom. I'm sorry. I just didn't hear you correctly. Um, no problem. We have left. I still didn't hear you. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I don't need to know exactly. So um, we're going to go ahead and close the meeting. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, June 10th, 2020, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,786, that's 14786. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Diane B. please read A Vision for You, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Excuse me, this is Diane B. from New Rochelle, New York, recovered today and very grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirits, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.